The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planner, Greg Cooley, here with you today. And today, uh, my co-host, instead of being other Certified Financial Planner, Bubba Labus, we have uh, another one of the planners from our office, uh, um, Mary Ann Runner. And um, Mary Ann, it's always good to have you on the show with us, and it's great to have you as part of our team uh, thank you for being here today. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, today we we're just going to jump right into it. We want to talk about Medicare today. All yes, right? Yes. All right. So, a uh, couple things uh, before we get started. Uh, when was when did you have your first job? Do you remember your first oh, job? Oh, yes. I, it's hard to forget your first job. Mine was at 17. I worked at Lenny's Sub Shop in Olive Branch. Okay. All <laughs> right. So, that first paycheck that you got... Did you get to meet a guy named FICA up close and personal? You know, they, they hand you that paycheck, and somehow he took some of your money? I did, but I had no idea who he was <laughs> no. at 17. <laughs> and quite actually, I think a lot of people are like that. Mm-hmm. They don't know who FICA, FICA, whoever he is or she is. They just know that they took a chunk of money. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, and... I don't know what your first paycheck would have been working at Lenny's Sub Shop, but let's say it was $100. Well, you know, Mr. Fica took 8 or 9% just right off the bat. You only had $92, and then you had to pay Fed tax. So out of 100 bucks, you know, you walk away with 75 or 80 I thought I made 100 Do you think a lot of people are surprised by the first paycheck? Oh, a lot yeah. of kids? Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, nobody explains that to us uh, very, or uh, it's not explained very well, is it? Nope, not very well. In fact, I didn't really get a grasp on it until I went to school to learn it myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's true. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I, I'm always pushing uh, our education system to do is to let people out in the real world um, kind of come and talk to kids and explain that to them and not in a 10 or 15 minute thing because you really can't explain all this no no you know uh, you, you get a paycheck and you got all these deductions well by the time you go through uh, f- medicare and social security and fed tax and state tax and you know uh, it, it adds up mm-hmm. payroll taxes um and and payroll deductions add up so today, I want us to understand. <clears throat> Let's start with that FICA. Uh, first of all, uh, FICA is made up of two parts, Social Security and Medicare. All right. Um, and really, to get down in the weeds, it's 7.65%, the total amount FICA is. And of that, 6.2% is Social Security. And 1.45% is Medicare. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> and that's, it doesn't make any difference 
you know, whether you're a 16-year-old or a 66-year-old. No, it doesn't. Everybody pays it. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad they make us pay it because at 17, if they'd said, hey, you need to start putting some money aside for when you're 65, <laughs> I would have said, what? what? I'm, I'm using this money for what I want to exactly. use it for. My so, mama's not even 65 exactly. years old. So, in a sense, you know, they knew they know ourselves yeah. better than we know ourselves yeah. at 17, and yeah. they're just getting us ready. Yeah, uh, and, and quite actually, it's it's making our society better, I think, um, that, that we do that. Because the way that, let's say, Social Security and Medicare are set up is basically those of us who are working now, yeah, we're putting into this trust fund, and hopefully there's, you know, obviously money there for you and me, but... You know, if if we ever had a shortfall, basically the amount you and I are paying would be paying for what Grandma and Mom are presently uh, uh, drawing out of the system, mm-hmm. and all of those are great benefits: retirement and disability, and and health care, and taking care of us in in certain um, uh, institutions, hospitals, uh, nursing homes, that sort of thing. So, what does FICA stand for? It stands for the Federal Insurance Contributions Act. All right, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Came out of Washington, so you know it's going to be a mouthful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, what does Medicare cover? Uh, we're going to get into that today. Before we do, I, I also want to explain another preliminary thing. First of all, I wanted to explain what FICA was and, and the couple parts of it. But the other preliminary thing I want to explain is that if you hear people talking about Medicare, Okay, and that is basically health care for older people or people who are receiving some kind of SSI benefit or whatever. All right, so um, that's what Medicare is. And if you hear people talking about it, you hear them talking about parts and plans, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, so this is the, you know, I'm, I'm always teaching people the shortcut to how yes. to remember something. All right, so because you have paid 1.45%, of all of your pay into Medicare, you have paid your part. Mm-hmm. You've paid your part. Right? So when you sign up, there are certain parts that are provided. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, part A, which is institutions of the where, uh, you know, like uh, hospitals, that sort of thing. Part B is the... The who and the what. The who and the what. So basically the doctor... Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. Um, and then part D is the drugs. Is the drugs. And there's a part C in there we'll get to in a minute. But the parts that you have paid for are what's going to be provided to you. Um, but it's not everything, right? Right, right. And so that's a good point, Greg. One thing that most of us, especially my age, don't realize is that Social Security is not designed to be used solely as a uh, source of income whenever you hit retirement age. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, that Social Security is supposed to have a couple things to go along with it. Your uh, retirement plan at work, mm. your investment plans. Mm. Um, maybe you're in the military. Maybe you have a pension plan. Mm. Uh, mm. Any kind of retirement plan that goes alongside Social Security. However, in Mississippi, you see a lot of people relying on Social Security solely, mm. but it was not designed that way. Right. If you live on it, you're, you're not going to have a great quality of life, but it can be done, but it's yeah. not designed that way. That's right. And and Medicare is the exact same way. Uh, it was not designed to be your only form of health insurance when you hit age 65. Mm. And again, people don't realize this. 
So you need some additional uh, supplements to go along with what the government is going to provide you that you've paid into, like Greg was saying, your part that you paid into your whole working life. Mm -hmm. Uh, In addition to that, you need more or your health care is going to be lacking funds and it's going to be quality of life as far as your health is concerned is is going to be lacking as well. Uh, That's those are really great, uh, great points. And Mm -hmm. The point we have to make associated with the the fact that Medicare is not going to stand alone, hopefully for me, when I get to be 65 or older as my health care provider. Um, Yeah, I'm getting my parts because I've paid for my parts, but I need a plan for how to make up the gaps. Exactly. All right. So we're going to spend some time today going over the parts and the plans here of um, Medicare on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley here today with my co-host Marianne Runner from Cooley and Labus Financial Advisors. Marianne, we're talking about Medicare today, mm-hmm. right? You know, and when does Medicare start make uh, getting involved in my life? Great question, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> at sixty-five everybody is eligible for Medicare. Mm-hmm. However, uh, probably around 64, when you're getting you know, a few months shy of turning 65, okay. they're going to get really involved. In fact, they're going to call you, and when I say they're, all the different carriers that are going to be selling different plans, different supplemental plans, which we'll talk about more in detail, they'll start calling you at about 64 and a half a lot. Okay. I'm talking about cold calling all day long because they know that when you hit 65, you have a small window of time to sign up for Medicare when they don't consider your health. Um, Yes, and that's a big deal, and we'll talk about that too. But uh, Mm -hmm. as far as the window, uh, so 65 is when you're eligible, but you you have a seven-month window to sign up. You get the three months that that are before your birthday month and the three months that are after your birthday month. So, Greg, your birthday is November 13. It's coming up here in a little while. Uh, That means that if you back up three months before your birthday month, August the 1st, they're not going to go to the 13th, okay. but it's the 1st, the beginning of that month. You know, you have a few extra weeks there okay. uh, that you can start signing up. And right. then the deadline to sign up for you with a November 13th birthday would be February 28th, the very last day of the third month after your birthday month. All right. So a lot of people, especially my engineer friends, mm-hmm. just heard you say uh, that. And, and my, my birthday is a great example. Mm-hmm. It's in the middle of the month. Right. So if you were to be a stickler for details and it was only three months to the day before my November the 13th birthday mm-hmm. and three months to the day after, then it would be the 13th of August. Right. But they allow me to do it on the 1st. So that gives me a couple extra weeks on mm-hmm. the front end. Mm-hmm. And then there would be the 13th of what? It after- would if, if you were February. technically three months behind, it would be 13th it, of 13th of February, but they let me go to the end. Right. That's the reason your comment was that I really have about seven months. Exactly. It's not, you know, they're, they're going three months before mm-hmm. and three months after, but they give you until the first or until the end of those particular calendar months. Exactly. So for some of us, we get seven months, mm-hmm. technically, mm-hmm. To, to sign up. So I go, where do I go to sign up? 
Well, uh, another good question, Greg. So if you're already receiving any kind of uh, Social Security benefit, like disability, SSI, Mm -hmm. then you will automatically be enrolled in Part A uh, Mm -hmm. and potentially Part B. But if you are not using any of those kind of benefits at the time, you have to um, sign up through Medicare. Okay. Which, which is most of the time at the social security office. Exactly. Okay. All right. So it, and when I, when I walk in, they're not necessarily going to automatically sign me up for social security. Right. Because if I've already come to see Cooling Labus Financial Advisors or the Pillars people or whatever and done some planning, I may be wanting to put it off until 67 or until 70 signing up for social security. Mm-hmm. But I've got to do this window mm-hmm. uh, to sign up for Medicare because if I do it in the window, I'm not going to be medically underwritten. Exactly. Now, explain to me the significance of that. Okay. Uh, let's say that you are borderline diabetic mm-hmm. and uh, you sign up after your seven-month window. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to they're gonna look at your health records. They're going to probably talk to uh, the office that your doctor works at and find their, out your health records. And they're going to say, you know what, he's not healthy enough to be written a policy for and because he signed up outside after the seven month window we can't give him a policy unless we penalize him and we charge him considerably more and that penalty is a lifetime penalty it won't it it, you won't get another window where they're not looking at your your health even if i lost some weight and started exercising my blood sugar level got normal exactly still stuck all right, so everybody who's listening to us, the very first, uh, second important thing, first thing is you've paid for most of this, mm-hmm. and it's out of payroll. The second thing is don't mess this window up. Exactly. And the sooner you can sign up for it, the better. You know what, mm-hmm. Greg, like I said, his birthday was November 13th. Mm-hmm. He's got on his calendar to sign up on August the 1st, the very first day, because the longer you wait after your birthday, mm-hmm. the uh, worse your chances are of getting a claim taken care of as quickly as you would like it to. So oh. the sooner you can sign up before your birthday, the better. Even so that's the reason my wife has it on our calendar. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> She's not playing around. She, no, no, no. <laughs> like August 1, Greg and I are going to the Social Security office because she, you know, be, because there's a possibility there that there could be some claims in there mm-hmm. around my 65th birthday yep. that I, I want to have processed. I want Medicare to cover, and I also maybe want my supplemental insurance Mm -hmm. company to Mm -hmm. cover. All right, so we talked about the fact that this is paid for out of uh, of payroll. We talked about the fact that there's a window around my 65th birthday. Now, let's get a little in the weeds about these parts that I've paid for. Part A, what's that? Part A is your where. So here in Corinth, that's going to be your Magnolia Regional Health Center, um, or that could be a nursing home. It mm. could be in-home health. It's wherever you're you're receiving those medical uh, services, mm. that is going to be your where. So Part A pays for those things. Okay. And then when I say pays for, mm. remember what we said at the beginning. It doesn't pay for everything. It's not designed to be a loan. Okay. So it actually doesn't pay for everything. Okay. Shocking. Well, I've paid for a part, but I haven't paid for everything. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, Greg, you've been paying it to the system for a long mm-hmm. time. So it would be, you know, okay to assume that everything would be taken care of when you got to the hospital after you've signed up for Medicare at age 64, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, uh, however, it doesn't. 
do you want do we want to get into that yeah now? yeah let's talk about that so let's say that i do go uh and where so uh, you know I, I need to go to the hospital and i need to have some tests and by the time they get finished with me on my 66th birthday because i have signed up correctly <laughs> and i have medicare got a card and I've, i'm getting a plan that you're going to tell me about later and i go and let's say it's a six thousand dollar bill all right yeah exactly so um Part A is going to have a deductible, and you have to meet that deductible before they start paying any of that $6,000 bill. Ooh. That deductible is, drum roll, $1,408 that so you I, have to pay out of your pocket before Medicare Part A will start paying for you. Okay. Can you believe that? So out of $6,000, i got to pay 1400 Oh, yeah, but that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay. What if you went into the hospital twice that year? You would have to meet that deductible more than once oh. and potentially up to three or four times. Oh. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you frequent the hospital, that can be a very scary number. So I've got a hospital deductible of $1,400, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so the, after you've met your, met your deductible, the first 60 days, Medicare will cover the hospital. Okay. If you're in the hospital uh, after 60 days from days 61 to day 90, mm-hmm. you're going to have to pay out of pocket $352. Okay. So you've already paid that For deductible. every day. For every day after day 60. So if I, let's say that it's a car wreck mm-hmm. and I've broken my back and had to have a hip replacement or something, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it's not out of the ordinary. Oh, no. Mm-mm. And they're going to keep me in the hospital for a while. Or maybe I unfortunately got cancer or something. Let's say I'm in there 70 days. Right. For every day. After 60. After 60. That's 10 days that you're paying $352. So that's uh, $3,500. In addition to the 1400 In addition to that. Okay. And you're thinking, I've been paying to the system my whole life. How yep. is Medicare not covering everything? Right. You know, and I'm not faulting Medicare, but but this is something that most people don't know until they hit 65 and they hit this situation mm-hmm. in their life. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, th- that's exactly right. And, you know, obviously, if we had the director of Medicare sitting here, he or she would say, do you have any idea how much money we're talking about? I know a lot of people have paid and Greg Cooley's been paying for almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you really think about that. I have been paying for almost 50 years. I think my first one was at age 13. That's when I got to meet Mr. Fica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm six, close to 60. That's 47 years I've been paying. Mm-hmm. And so the director of Medicare may say, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money, Mr. Cooley. But have you ever had cancer? Do you have any idea how much all those expenses are? You know what mm-hmm. it costs to run a hospital? I mean, they would have some response to us, whether you and I think it's outlandish or not. Right. Because uh, the numbers are what the numbers are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we, we've got this where, which is part A, and, the, and there are some deductibles that we'd have to meet, right? Mm-hmm. So we'd have to meet them for the first 60 days, that $1,400 roughly here. And uh, days 61 through 90 mm-hmm. is $352 a day I may have to pay. Right. And then, and then if you are in the hospital over 90 days, from days 91 to 150, you have to pay 704 a day. Mm-hmm. And those are considered lifetime reserve days. Once you've used up those days, after that, you pay everything out of pocket. Okay. All right. So we're up against a break here at the Advisors Roundtable, and I'm thinking that a lot of people who are listening to us mm-hmm. 
um, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. And as you said, this is just the tip of the iceberg of the information they need to be aware of. We're going to exactly. cover that here on the Advisors Roundtable after this break on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified financial planner Greg Cooley today with financial planner and para planner Mary uh, Marianne Runner uh, from Cooley and Labels Financial Advisors. We're talking about Medicare today. So we've covered a little bit of Part A, and I know we don't have time to get in the weeds on all of this, but all of the stuff, the, the parts that I have paid for over my 40-something years of paying in payroll taxes, Part A is the where, the institutions, uh, hospitals, nursing homes, that sort of thing. Part A is who and what. Tell me about who and what just quickly. Okay. Um, so the who, obviously, like you said, is going to be your doctors. Mm-hmm. Your what could be any of your procedures, whether it's a lab draw, an x-ray, uh, starting IVs, any kind of a procedure. All right. And so those people, the who's and the what's, they charge just like the where's of part A. They charge for their services, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, Medicare's not meant to stand alone. So if I go to the doctor and let's say it's a $700 bill, okay, Medicare Part B is going to require me to pay a deductible? Yes. Um, and the deductible, as you'll probably explain, is going to be different depending on where you're located. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, the, the standard rate is $198. Okay. All right. It, uh, for, the, for the country, the $198 or not. It, it's based the, it, on my uh, my uh, zip code. Explain that a little bit. Well, the, the deductible will be the same no matter where you are. But now, however, the premium, which we'll talk about, is going to uh, increase depending on your tax bracket and how much you make in your uh, salary. So, uh, but your annual deductible, you do have to meet that before Medicare Part B will start uh, playing a role in okay. paying your, your claims. Okay. All right, so I'm going to have to uh, have to pay a little bit for this mm-hmm. one, right? That's right. Is that going to come out of my Social Security? Well, the premium will. So uh-huh. let's say you've met your deductible, and uh, you have to start paying a monthly premium. Okay. And the standard for that is 144.60. And, okay. and again, if you make in a higher tax bracket, you're going to be paying more. Okay. Um, as I'm hearing the fire truck go by, it makes me think about <laughs> yeah, there's they, more people that are going to have to be affected. As, yeah, that, that may affect somebody's about. Medicare right that's there. That's right. That's right. A ride in ambulance, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, so your, your Medicare is going to also pay 80% of approved claims okay. or approved procedures and doctor bills. Okay. What if they're not approved? They just get written off and the, ho- and the doctor has to deal with it? I wish, yeah. but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> you are going to have to pay 20%, the 20%. Uh-huh. So for Part B, you, you've had to pay your 198 annual deductible, right. the 144.60 monthly premium, which, by the way, is taken out of your Social Security check. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize they're even paying it at all. Nope. So you are paying a monthly premium for Part B out of your Social Security check. Okay. Uh, but the 20%, in addition to those two things that you have to pay, also comes out of pocket okay. unless you have a supplementary plan, which we'll talk about in a second. All right. So that's part B. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. The and who's I think and it's, the what's. Right. And I think it's important to say, too, for the part B, the 20%, let's say, like you said earlier, you know, heaven forbid you have cancer, you have mm. to get biopsies done, you have mm. to get chemo treatments. Mm-hmm. That part B, that can range up easily up to a million dollars. Oh, good. Easily. Oh, yeah. And if you've dealt with the medical system, you know this. Mm-hmm. So... 20% of that. 20% of a million. <laughs> could you just 
pull that out of your paycheck yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. I don't yeah, know like anybody. Two hundred grand. Exactly. Yeah. No. So, twenty no. percent might seem like oh. little, but in a big situation, that is going to be a, a big problem. number. Twenty percent is a lot of money. Exactly. Right. So let's talk about now Part D that I've paid some for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's drugs. We can easily remember uh, Part D that stands for stands for drugs. Right. 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 All right. So in Part D, uh, you're going to, whoever you're purchasing your, your plan from, mm-hmm. excuse me, your part, make sure I say that correctly, mm-hmm. um, whoever you're purchasing that from is going to get you to write down all your list of your drugs. They're going to put it into a computer. Mm-hmm. The computer's going to spit out all kinds of different drug, uh, well, they are drug plans mm-hmm. um, here. And the drug plan that is going to work for you is going to be the one that includes the drugs that you need covered. Okay. Uh, so some Plans don't cover certain types of uh, diabetic drugs, mm. certain types of equipment, mm. and things that you need to administer the drugs. And if they don't cover that, then they're probably not going to spit that plan out as an option for you. Okay. So, but that's it's pretty easy. The big thing to know for Part D is that you can enroll anytime between October 15th and December 7th every single year and only during that time frame. So, let's say you have a drug plan uh, and in May, they decided they were no longer going to cover that expensive drug that you really need to yeah, function. Right. Well, you know what? I think I want to change my plan. You cannot do that until October 15th of okay. any any single year. All right. So we've covered some parts that I've already paid for. All right. But you've explained to me I've got deductibles and premiums and gaps and amounts that I may have to pay and print it percentages. Mm-hmm. So keep me from going bankrupt here. <laughs> right. Huh? Okay. So uh, just like we said earlier with Social Security, along with Social Security, you want to have your retirement plans, your investment plans, your pensions, your mm-hmm. 401ks. The flip side of that on the Medicare side, your health insurance would be a supplementary plan. And you may have heard it called a Medigap plan because okay. it's filling the gaps. It's going to cover most of those things we just talked about in Part A and Part B uh, that we have to pay out of pocket so okay. we don't go bankrupt. Okay. And so you've probably heard your mother-in-law talk about, you know, I bought a Mer- Medicare supplement and it's from XYZ insurance company and I have to pay $250 a month for it. And it's a plan F I'm just picking one out. Gotcha. All right. So what is she talking about? <laughs> well, there's, there's several and it sounds like in the alphabet, you got plan mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, L, K, N. Mm-hmm. There's several out there, but uh, let's say you choose plan F. Mm-hmm. Um, so plan F, you remember back when we talked about part A a while ago, you have to meet that $1,408 deductible yeah, before when I part went A. in the hospital. Yeah, when right. you're in the hospital. Okay. It, it, you have to pay that before um, part A will play, pay. Right. This plan will pay that for you. It just filled in that gap for you. Okay. So now you don't have to pay that out of pocket. Okay. It will also pay for days 61 through 90, that 352 a day when you were in the hospital. Yeah. It pays for that. It just filled that gap as well. Okay. Okay. It also pays days 91 through 150, which was $704 a day. Okay. It pays that. Okay. Done. Right. Gap filled. <laughs> All right. Um, it also pays uh and we didn't discuss this but if no. you're in the nursing home yeah from days medicare part a will pay days one through 20 but 21 through 100 you have to pay 176 a day okay. that's more money out of pocket that we didn't realize right however if you get a medigap plan the 176 for those days oh. is also covered so All check right. that one off the list as well okay and we're going to keep on moving so part f um 
it's important to note Part F is no longer offered to anybody who's new to Medicare as of January 1st, 2020. Okay. And that's because Plan F used to also pay for your Part B $198 deductible. That annual thing. That yeah. annual thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plan F would cover that. Okay. Well, now they no longer want any of these plans to pay Part B's annual deductible. So if, it, if the plan ever paid that part in the past, they are discontinuing it, which can be confusing because there are people still living that still use Plan F and other plans that have been discontinued years ago. Okay. All right. So if they discontinued my plan... They just give me a new plan. I buy a new plan. They send me a new card. No, you can stay on that plan until until you expire. Do what? I'm kind of grandfathered in. Basically, okay, grandfathered in. But they just won't sell it to anybody new. So for you, when you Uh, are ready to purchase, when I sign up in four or five years, uh huh, Plan F will no longer be an option for you. Okay, so let's just pick another letter. Plan G. Plan G. So. Plan G does the exact same things that we just covered. For that F. we just covered. It pays all those those extra days that you would have to pay out of pocket in the hospital, mm-hmm. except for Part B deductible. So you would have to pay for that. Okay. Um, and and all these plans also cover that twenty percent that you would have had to have paid. Remember we talked about that million dollars if oh, you had yeah, cancer. Two hundred grand uh-huh. is stuck in my head. It would pay that two hundred grand. So check okay. that off the list too. So that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. So we have a client, um, and. He is a, an elderly man, and mm-hmm. he was on his tractor mm-hmm. outside doing some yard work, and a large uh, piece of uh, branch that he was working with fell, broke his femur. He was in the hospital for a long time, and mm-hmm. then after that had to go to rehab at the nursing home for also a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he's been paying into his Medigap plan for at, probably at least 20 years. Mm-hmm. Guess how much he had to pay for all of these services that he had? If he already had one of these Medigap plans... He did. Hopefully nothing. Nothing. He paid zero. There you and go. And that's a big deal. When you're when you're older, this this doesn't get any less confusing the older you get. No. So the less you have to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you just sleep better. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and, <laughs> and your checkbook feels better, right? right? Right. All right. So in order for him to have a plan, I don't know if he had a plan F or G or N or whatever he had. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, well, he, first of all, he had to make a decision about that. You need to make this decision about which plan you're going to get. Exactly. At the same time, you're in that six or seven month window thing when you're signing up for your parts mm-hmm. of Medicare, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So he signed up for one. He got one. How much do you think he was paying a month for something that paid everything? Well, uh, that's that that leads in right into uh, pricing for each of these plans. Mm. It, it's hard to say now how much he was paying when he got this policy at least 20 years ago because rates are always changing. Mm. Uh, cost of living is always changing. As we mm. know, it's going up. So mm-hmm. these rates are going to, they're probably, he would probably pay more now than what he would have paid uh, back when he first got the policy. But um, it, let's to make it more understandable, let's mm-hmm. just say each of these plans have one might be like your Cadillac type of a okay. vehicle. It's it's fancy. It costs more, but it's got more bells and whistles. It provides more things for you. Okay. Whereas another plan might be like a Toyota. And I'm sorry if I'm offending any of you Toyota fans <laughs> out there, but, no. um, you no. know, Toyota is fairly priced. It's not too expensive, not too cheap. It gives you what you need to get down the road from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have too many bells and whistles, but it doesn't have, you know, nothing. Right. So, and then... 
another plan. So let's say plan F was your Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Plan G is your Toyota. Mm-hmm. Plan N might be like a Kia. Okay. Where you have very little bells and whistles, but it gets the job done and mm-hmm. it doesn't cost much. Okay. So um, each of these plans, let's let's say the Toyota company makes a bunch of cars and they they the cars are all made the exact same. They're all they all go down the production line. They all have this mm-hmm. standard feature. They all have that standard feature. But when they go to the dealerships, they can be sold for different amounts of money. Uh, That's kind of how these Medigap plans work. Uh, the the um, Medicare.gov, the Social Security office, and all these people that work together design these plans to be exactly the same. They provide the exact same thing no matter who you buy it from. Okay. But so there is a standard definition is, of what plan G is. Yes, and that will not change unless okay. the government changes it. Okay, so the government comes out with, hey, this is these are the standard things that uh, all of these Toyotas are going to have. Mm-hmm. All this these plan Gs are going to have. Exactly. But it's according to which dealership I go to. Exactly. To uh, one dealership might charge 20 grand for that Toyota, the next one might charge 15. Mm. 15,000. So Depending on who you buy it from is going to be how the price varies. Okay. Really and truly. All right. And so there are some people who say, I decided to buy Plan G, and I'm getting it from such and such company. They may have decided, I want Plan G, and then you shop Mm -hmm. for a Plan G. Yes. Like, I want a Toyota. Mm -hmm. I want this one, this kind of Toyota, but I'm going to shop. I'm going to call Memphis. I'm going to call Birmingham. I'm going to do it locally. Yep. And... And so we counsel people to do that. And in fact, we help people do that. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to go to another break here at the Advisors Roundtable. And we're going to come back, continue to talk about Medicare right here on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified financial planner Greg Cooley with you, along with paraplanner Marianne Runner from Cooley and Labus Financial Advisors. And today we're saturated with talking about Medicare. Now we've talked about parts, things I've paid for, and that it doesn't stand alone and I need to have a gap coverage or a supplement. And a little bit about the plans, Marianne. I want to ask you just apropos to today. Is anything happening with Medicare related to COVID? You know, we've got a lot of uh, testing and antibodies and all kinds of other terms that a lot of us walking on the street didn't think of six months ago. Right, right, exactly. And now we're dealing with it. Yes. And so what, what if you're a person who has Medicare and you got a Medicare supplement? Tell me about how that relates to COVID and some of these costs associated with it. Okay. Um, so... Medicare is going to cover your ability to be able to go get tested for the coronavirus, for one. Mm. Um, Also, if you want to go get an antibody test, which tells you whether you have been exposed to it in the past and your body has built up antibodies, and Mm. which would tell you whether you've been exposed or had it, Mm -hmm. uh, Medicare will cover that as well. Um, they'll also cover hospitalizations that are related related to the coronavirus. Okay. Um, Now, I still... Have to pay the deductible? Yes. Yep. Okay. You still have to pay deductibles, co-pays, co-insurances, anything that applies. Okay. Um, right. And and hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers here, one day we will have a safe vaccine mm-hmm. to come out, hopefully in the near uh, future. And if we do, then that will also be covered by Medicare. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, when people have, they already are on Medicare and they already have a, a supplement do you think they think they've made this decision once and for all back when they turned 65 and they never revisit it 
They, they never compare what they have or the pricing or, you know, it, it, do you think, in, in your opinion, is it very important for people to review this stuff pretty often? Yes, I, th- I th- definitely think it's important whether they do it or not. I don't know. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the older you get, like I said, the less, the more confusing this becomes. Mm-hmm. And as, as the government changes things, the more confusing it can become. But you should be reviewing it. Um, but it's also important to know that when you choose your plan initially, mm-hmm. um, you can only change from one plan to another if your health allows. Uh, so when you signed up for it, when you turned 64, uh-huh. it better be a good plan okay. because it's the chances of you moving from one to another are very, are, are very unlikely because your health isn't going to get any better. So if I've chosen, let's just say I pick plan G. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I'm, I'm basically in for plan G because I got in initially, if I got in in that six to seven month window without them really looking at my health. Right. Five or six years later, I think, you know, I'm not really using everything related to plan G, but now I did get diagnosed with diabetes in the meantime here. Mm-hmm. I think I want to go to plan N. Mm-hmm. If I try to go to plan N, then they're going to look at my health? Exactly. Uh. And chances are they won't move you from that plan that you're currently into. So the, really the only changes that I possibly or I, I think I can probably make on a consistent basis is the, the insurance company that I use. I can change that. I mean, you know, do you think I could, you know, start out with XYZ insurance company and then, you know, I, I realize that maybe they don't give me a whole lot of, of service or I, uh, I heard that my sister-in-law got plan G from a, another insurance company. That's really the, the only thing that we can, we can really think about changing. But I think it is, is very important that people do that. That they review it just like all their other financial stuff that mm-hmm. that they that they review and and also you know I was just telling you this on the break I'm mm-hmm. 34 so mm-hmm. most people when they if they start having kids around 30 that would mean my parents when they started having kids are about 30 years older than me that puts mm-hmm. them right at 64 mm-hmm. so if you are in your 30s you mm-hmm. need to start talking to your parents about this if you understand mm-hmm. it it's not just the responsibility of the parents mm-hmm. because guess what. Uh, my friends who are my age, mm-hmm. we're going to be the ones that are having to help our parents get through it and pay the bills and understand uh-huh. Medicare. So it doesn't just affect 64-year-olds, that, that's 67-year-olds. Exa- and it's a really great point. And the other point you're making there is related to things we do, and that is planning. Uh, not just the kids help the parents plan, but if you're in your middle 60s, you know, you're 63, 64, and, you know, you're not probably going to retire in the next few years and Medicare's coming up. You need to start familiarizing yourself with it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk to people. You know, they, they come in our office and, you know, they're in their 50s or 60s. We start telling them that life is a journey. Speaking of uh, some of these uh, analogies that we use in, in our industry, like you use the Cadillacs and the Toyotas and the Kias a minute ago. Life is a journey. So imagine you're on this this highway, like on the Autobahn or you know I-40 or whatever. You're you're on this. There are various exits along the way. So there are various mileposts that that, that that you pass. Um, 62 is a, a major milestone, uh, an exit that some people use, and that is they sign up for Social Security. Then, now, if they'd come see you and me, we may counsel them to drive past that exit. 
to not get off and not do it. You know, even though their brother-in-law told them they should and they need to sign up and they need to do all that stuff, maybe when we run the numbers based on their income and what they're doing now and taxation issues and everything, maybe they need to wait till 65, 67, 70 before they do it. But 62 is one of the major mileposts that they pass. 65 is a major milepost. Mm -hmm. And it's related to this, related to Medicare and making decisions and understanding parts and plans and, and all that. So that's 65. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to get to the year that you were born based on when your full retirement age for Social Security is. So let's say that you took our advice and you drove past 62. You didn't get off, you didn't sign up, you didn't do anything there because you're waiting for a bigger benefit. And based on the year you were born, maybe it's 67, which is your full retirement age. If you passed 62, then we did everything we should at the 65 exit, but we got back on the road of life and we get to 65 or 67. Then you're going to have to go back to Social Security or do something online to do something there. Then when 70 and 72 come up, some people put it off until 72, they get off. At, at 70 and a half, there used to be one for signing up for and making sure you're doing your required minimum distributions for your retirement accounts. Now they put that off till 72. So, you know, you start at about 62. There are a number of these major mileposts along the road of life that you're going to have to make some important decisions. Mm -hmm. And it's related to your quality of life. It's related to your expenses. You make the wrong decisions here related to parts and plans. You may have to pay deductibles and co-pays. Um, and it is really confusing. You make a great point. This can be really confusing. Yep. And uh, so I'm glad you offer this service and, and we'd love to help people review and we'd love to help people sign up correctly, pick the right plans, use the right companies mm -hmm. um, because, you know, uh, I don't want you to be confused. And, and this was just the tip of the iceberg. Just the tip. There's a part C. There's all kinds of stuff. We can't yeah. even get there today. We, we didn't even get to all the plans, did we? Nope. No. But I do like the thing about the Kia and the, and the Cadillac. Uh, hope you learned something here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio today. Thank you for listening. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners 
Letters, LLC, is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Incorporated. 